Get ready, Avalanche territory. It's now time for the Mile High Hockey Podcast with Mike Evans on your home for the most Avalanche content. Denver Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan. Hey everybody, welcome into the Mile High Hockey Podcast. I am your host, Mike Evans, and as always, our podcast is brought to you by the good people at TNT Home Services. For all your heating, plumbing, cooling, plumbing, and electrical services, please reach out to tnthomeservicesco.com or give them a call, 720-500-1979, TNT Home Services. We got your six. So, the avalanche as we finish up this regular season. Can I can I take this opportunity to pat myself on the back a little bit? Can I do that? Can I do that? I mean, you know me. At, at this point, I'm incredibly humble. I don't have an ounce of ego in my body, right? <laughs> uh, I, I did tell you on this podcast a week ago that don't get freaked out about anything that happened on that recently completed road trip. I told you a week ago that... There is an ebb and flow to any 82-game season. And I think you see this in hockey. I think you see this in uh, in basketball. And it is a long season. And when you are a team that knows what it's like to be in the playoffs and you know you're going to be in the playoffs again, the end of the season is hard to get through. It is hard to get through because you know what's waiting for you. You know the finish line is in sight. And you can't wait to get on to the playoffs. And so when you get thrown a road trip that has you going to Seattle, Edmonton, and Winnipeg with only a handful of games left on the schedule, I'm sorry. There's just no way you are going to be able to motivate yourself and convince yourself that these are games to get up for. I get it. As you, somebody who listens and you grind and you work, you're like, what are you talking about? How can you not be up for going out and doing your job? I, I'm just telling you, that's that's sports. That's the mindset of the athlete. I think it's been proven time and time again, over and over again, especially in these sports where you have the long, drawn-out seasons. So to to expect this team to come out and play at a certain level – I just, I just never thought it was going to happen, and and it's not an indictment. It's not like they went out and said we're going to tank over these four games and including the three games out on the road. We're going to tank. We're just going to mail those games in. They're not saying that. They're not getting together collectively and talking like that. But I think human nature. It just kind of, it, it, it's a subconscious thing, and I think it's easy for it to spread throughout an entire hockey team. So they went out, they played poorly, they played lethargic, and it sent up all kinds of red flags. And I got people on this station like Brandon Stokely with Stokely and Zach saying that he's overflowing uh, with with concern and that uh, on a scale of 1 to 10, he's at 10 and a half on the, uh, on the worry meter. And I'm just like, easy, easy. And my point was, let him get through this road trip that nobody wanted to be on. They know, believe me, professional athletes, they can tell you all you want. Hey, we don't pay attention to the schedule. We just play. We just go where we're No. They knew coming up after this road trip that they were going to be getting St. Louis, Nashville, and Minnesota. And they looked at those games as a way to, okay, this is our tune-up. This is the time we want to be playing good hockey and be ready to go for the postseason. And and what did they do? They come home 
and whatever was ailing them during that four-game losing streak, especially the last three on the road, they turned around with a very impressive performance against St. Louis. So I, I, I think the biggest takeaway is let's not worry about whether or not this team still has the edge, the motivation, the fire, the hunger, the passion. It's going to be there come playoff time. Do not worry about it. This team will be ready to go. So that's one thing to put aside. All right, now let's get into some of the other issues with this with this team. Injuries. And it's it's so good to see them working guys back into the lineup. Can I just take this moment to say how much Devontae's has become one of my favorites and how this guy, first of all, holy smokes, what a fleece job. Armed robbery. Really, did Joe did Joe Sackick make this deal with like a a mask on? <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm not talking about pandemic mask. I'm talking about like old west robbing a train. <laughs> you know, riding up with your 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 uh, your posse wearing the mask and robbing the train. I mean, that's that's how much of a uh, job that was that that Joe Sackick got in getting uh, Devontae's. Devontae's is just man. You just talk about a guy that as an Avalanche fan, you're just, I just trust that guy implicitly. Yeah, I know there are more talented, explosive guys, Kale McCarr, but there's something about Taves that I just, you know, whatever I'm worrying about that day, I know I don't have to worry about Devontae's, right? And so having him back in the lineup uh, is just, there's such a peace of mind having him back in. So that's good. You get Nazem Kadri back. He's getting back. The only red flag is Gabe Landeskog. And it, it is with a certain amount of trepidation that you look at his situation and now the Avalanche are saying, not going to be back until the playoffs. Now, the expectation is back for the playoffs. But I think we were all kind of figuring with the timetable of the injury and uh, knowing how things were kind of setting up is that you could get Landeskog back skating and then get him some minutes, get him a game or two here in this final week just to get tuned back up for the playoffs, right? And now that's not going to happen. So it, it's not the end of the world. Uh, there, there's nothing saying that, that Gabe can't come back and work himself quickly back up to playoff speed. But, hey, look, <laughs> we, we know what's coming, right? We We know what's coming with the Stanley Cup playoffs, and NHL playoff hockey, my God, there's nothing like it. You know, we've been just watching the Nuggets play in these playoffs and the other NBA playoffs, and let's face it, even though these are the playoffs, there are stretches where teams just don't play that hard. Uh, There are games that teams just don't play that hard, play that well. They'll lose a game, but then they'll come back and they'll be able to have a better effort, and they're able to uh, get a win and win the series or get back into the series or, or take it. But there's a lot of, there seems to be in the NBA, there is an ebb and flow of uh, intensity. Okay. That's not the case in hockey. Case in hockey, man, they drop the puck and it is just go. It is just a million miles an hour, shift after shift, and there does not seem to be any let up. It's incredible to watch. I do not know how these guys keep that pace up. Game after game, night after night, sometimes into overtime, double overtime, triple overtime. It's why the Stanley Cup 
championship, the Stanley Cup, the, winning the Stanley Cup is is by far. I'm sorry, you're you're not going to convince me that there's any other harder team sport to accomplish winning a championship than the Stanley Cup Finals. I mean, you get to the end there, and you're the last team standing. My God, the toll. I mean, it's like a before and after weight loss picture or something. Watch, you know, take a look. Take a look at uh, Nathan McKinnon before the playoffs started. Take a look at Nathan McKinnon at the end of the playoffs. You're looking at two different guys. I, I mean, really, you, you really can see the differences. I remember when the Avalanche won the Cup in 01, and Sandy Clough and I had the chance, the, the thrill, really. It was an honor. It was a thrill to be with them every step of the way throughout the course of the playoffs. And looking at these guys, by the time they got to the end of that New Jersey series in 01, I, I could still see it. I, I mean, they were pale. <laughs> they looked haggard. They looked exhausted. Um, you could tell they had lost weight. And yet, man, they'd get back out there. Uh, the music would come up. The intensity would start to pulse through the arena. And damn if those guys didn't just go out and just lay it all out on the line again and again and again. Incredible to watch. So um, back to Landis Guy. It'd be nice to get him a couple games because, man, you really are talking about I, I, I get, I'm trying to think of a, a good comparison. Okay, it's like it's like you're used to just uh, driving about 60 miles an hour in your car, right? 50, 60 miles an hour in your car, and then you don't drive for a while, right? You know, you just you don't drive for a while, and then all of a sudden it's like, okay, you haven't driven a car for two weeks. Hey, uh, listen, get behind the wheel of your car, and I want you to go up there, and I want you to merge onto the autobahn. You know, where everyone's going like 110 miles an hour. Merge in there and then just start driving. I mean, come on, right? That 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 That's not something you're just going to seamlessly be able to do. And that's kind of what you're asking Gabe Landeskog to do when he jumps back into uh, playing. I, I, again, it's not, when I say a red flag, it's not a, like a blaring red flag. Uh, they're very, <laughs> look, the Avalanche have first world problems, right? Uh, they're they're in a place where a lot of teams are envious and would love to be. I'm just saying that if you're nitpicking enough, uh, you'd like to be able to get Landis Scott up to speed instead of having him to use those first few games in the playoffs to get up to speed. But that's probably what's going to happen. Now, here's the good news. Here's the good news. I don't think you're going to be getting a first-round opponent that is going to test you and press you and push you and threaten you so much that – Gabe Landeskog, for example, working his way back into playoff shape is going to really come back to be a detriment. I think the first round is going to be one of those things where it's like, hey, Gabe, we don't need you to be at 100%. You can be at 60%. You can be at 70%. We'll be fine. So now we're starting to look at who's the identity going to be of the uh, playoffs and that, that first round opponent. And ding dong, the witch is dead, right? The Vegas Knights are gone. And. It's true. Have have you ever seen, you know, a, a a team that universally everybody in the league enjoys beating or enjoys seeing being beaten by somebody else like the Vegas Knights? And it was funny when the Sharks beat Vegas the other night. It was uh, there was a message on the board for fans as they left the building. And you know, it was just kind of just a you know friendly reminder of different stuff. And um, anyway, somebody astutely 
Notice that if you took the first letter of every word in the message that was up on the Jumbotron for all the fans as they were leaving, if you took the first letter of every word and spelled it out, it spelled out F-U Vegas Knights. How cool is that? How cool is that? That is awesome, right? That, that, That you summon up that kind of feeling. For being able to beat the the Vegas Knights, it, it it's it's universally felt, and I think there's two reasons. One, okay, one is just kind of the idea that th- this is not a franchise that had to go through any growing pains. This is a franchise that got put together on the fly overnight as an expansion franchise and found themselves in the Stanley Cup Finals. I think there was a little bit of uh, uh, jealousy there, along with the immediate arrogance that came with Vegas. And the and, and, and the, the people in the organization, the players in the front office and the organization types were like, Wow, you know, look at us. You know, our bleep don't stink. You know, we haven't we we don't know what hardship is. All we you know is winning right from the start. So there's a there was a jealousy slash arrogance that I think makes people uh really relish seeing Vegas fall upon hard times. And then there's the the obvious. It's it's the way that they a legal loophole in using long term injured reserve to be able to stash players and then still be able to go out and bring in other types like a Jack Eichel. And while it may be legal, it, come on, it's not, it it goes against the spirit of the rule, right? And so for Vegas to do it again this year and to go out and get a big prize like Jack Eichel and be all proud of themselves and look at what we were able to do and then have it fall flat on their face and Jack Eichel does not make the kind of impact that was expected, and Vegas ends up missing the playoffs. You can see why so many people are enjoying it. But it is funny because I, I can't think of this kind of league-wide, universal uh, glee at the demise of a team. I mean, you would think that it would be, you know, the Red Wings back in the day. You know, the real powerhouse teams or... Um, you know, a team like the Rangers or somebody like that, the Canadians, you know, but I, even with all those teams and the success that they have that you could be envious of or the arrogance and cockiness with which they carry themselves that you could uh, relish watching lose, I don't think you could ever find that you found anything as collective across the league as you see with Vegas. So no Vegas. And, and I will say part of me is a little disappointed in that. Part of me was really rooting for Vegas to be the eighth seed and for the Avalanche to play them because I think the Avalanche would have whacked them. And boy, you, you, you think about being able to exercise, ex, ex, not exercise, exorcise, exorcise those ghosts and be able to just, you know, face your demons head on and then just hammer them, throttle them in the first round. And just think about the, um, uh, the the energy and confidence boost and the swagger, added swagger that would give the Avalanche if they were able to uh, stare down the team that haunted them and blow them out in the first round of the playoffs. Woof, what a lift. So I, w- I, would, I was relishing. I know some people were like, oh, no, I don't want to get Vegas. Uh, could be the same thing as last. I was like, uh-uh, bring them on because they ain't Vegas, as they've proven this year. They ain't the same Vegas team, and the Avalanche would have hammered them, and that would have been so sweet. So we don't get that. So now you're looking at uh, Dallas or Nashville. I, hey, look, I – I'm sorry if you're if you're here to expect me to talk about Avalanche playoff opponents and say, well, you know what? Every single one poses a danger, and 
every single one you got to be careful of and you can't get too confident can't get too high can't get too low can't look at uh, blah 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 uh, 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 uh. no no uh i'm 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 like daryl sutter talking about um the the poor team that was going to draw the avalanche in the uh, wild card and how that was going to be an utter waste of 7 to 10 days for that hockey team i completely agree coach sutter it is going to be a waste of time cuz the avalanche are going to hammer dallas or nashville uh as to as to who i'm rooting for i think i'd like to, i i'm rooting for nashville i'm rooting for it to be nashville just because i think avalanche nashville just would be more interesting. Um, I love the Nashville scene there for hockey. I think that'd be cool to see and be a part of. And and there's dastardly Matt Duchesne, who's having a heck of a year, isn't he? Isn't he? Went over 40 goals. So the chance to have a series against uh, Matt Duchesne, let's do it, right? I think that'd be a blast. So Dallas, yeah, yeah. I mean, really, what 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 does Dallas bring? Is is there anything about? Put it this way: if it's if it's Dallas or if it's um, if it's Dallas or if it's Nashville, either case, I think you're talking about the Avalanche in a sweep or a gentleman's sweep. I I just don't think either series goes more than five games. I think the Avalanche win in five. I continue to be steadfast in my belief that the Avalanche are going to uh, cruise through the Western Conference. Part of the plus. The only team, I was asked this the other day, is there any team in the West that scares you? First of all, there's no team in the West that scares me, okay? Uh, is there a team, what team in the West gives me maybe more concerns than anybody else? And if it is one team that I would have to pick, I would say St. Louis. I would say St. Louis. Now, your your first reaction, well, the Avs played St. Louis in the playoffs last year and hammered them. Yeah, but that was a Blues team that had won the Stanley Cup the year before, and they just weren't the same team, didn't have the same kind of motivation. Uh, that that St. Louis team, I, I think, is is back. And, and that's what would give me a little pause, because you're still talking about a lot of guys on that team that know what it's like to win a Stanley Cup, and that automatically makes you dangerous. Plus, they still know how to play that heavy style of hockey that we have seen in the past gives the Avalanche some trouble. So if there was one team that I would say, yeah, I wouldn't mind avoiding them, um, it would it would it would be St. Louis. But even then, I still believe they beat St. Louis. Now maybe that would take six games. But other than that, there isn't another team in the West that I think um can can really and by the way, I'm not. I don't even think St. Louis can beat the beat the Avalanche. I'm just saying in terms of maybe pushing them and giving them their their sternest test. I'd say St. Louis, but I said this few weeks. Started saying this about a month ago here on this this Mile High Hockey podcast, and I still believe it uh, right now. I I just don't see a team in the West that can beat the Colorado Avalanche four times, and. That, that's really what it comes down to, is that is there a team out there that I actually can see in the course of a seven-game series beating the Avalanche four times? I just don't see it. I don't see one. The only possibility somebody that could come close but still not gain to four would be St. Louis. That is it. So the uh, four-game losing streak is a thing of the past. It was never a big deal to me. Hopefully it wasn't a big deal to you. 
Hopefully you didn't fall under the trance of Brandon Stokely, who had you humming along at a 10.5 on the panic meter. Uh, Hopefully you are now, once again, feeling the swagger, feeling the confidence. Can't wait for the playoffs. Let's go. And next week when we gather together here, uh, we'll be talking playoff hockey. And I cannot wait because, man, there is nothing, and I mean it sincerely. I'm not trying to suck up to you as hockey fans. There is nothing like playoff hockey. Nothing like it. So I can't wait. I know you can't wait. Uh, Hang in there. we got about another week to go, and then it's go time. So that'll do it for today's uh, version, this week's edition of the Mile High Hockey Podcast. Again, brought to you by TNT Home Services. For all your plumbing, heating, cooling, and electrical needs, please reach out to the husband and wife co-owner team of Ronnie and Laura. They make a, a terrific duo. And give them a call, 720-500-1979, 720-500-1979, and at tnthomeservicesco.com, TNT Home Services, we got your six. I'm Mike Evans. We'll see you again on the Mile High Hockey Podcast.